Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's our last show before the big fancy holiday. Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Done a lot of Jets last couple of days, rightfully so. But you know what? The Giants, they won a game on Sunday. And like I said, there's going to be more wins down the road on this schedule. But to help us break it down even further, we bring on our resident Giant expert, of course. He covers them for us here at ESPN. It is our good buddy, Jordan Renan. Jordan, happy Thanksgiving in case I forget during our little conversation. How are you? You too, Dan. You know, it'll be a, a fun weekend. There's nothing my favorite part of Thanksgiving is just being able to sit there and watch football all day. And it's not even that you're like fully, you know, intent on watching and you're fully locked in, but just to have that in the background is always, you know, to me, the best part. All right. If Jordan Renan had the first pick in the Thanksgiving, let's say the Thanksgiving dessert draft, what's the selection? The Thanksgiving dessert draft. I mean, it's got to be some kind of pie. We got to go like apple pie, just because it's so it's so American, you know. It's, it's, it's very American. Staple. You're right about that. That's pays just taxes Americana at its finest. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm with you. I'll go I'll go the apple crumb. I'm a big stickler for the apple crumb. Yeah, I'll that's go good. That I actually I would take that over just a normal apple pie. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, you can't you, you can't go wrong with that one. But, um, all right, let's talk I a little mean, football. This is Bye. this is actually becoming a more common take but thanksgiving a little bit overrated because turkey eh, eh. really 364 other days a year you go to a restaurant how often are you ordering turkey oh never never i mean i don't even know how many other times i mean it during the year because it's not yeah because it's not that good if they offered you hey you want a ribeye a cowboy ribeye a filet a sausage whatever or are you going to take turkey even you take chicken over turkey but, oh, yeah, well, chicken, I mean, it's almost like kind of like a uh, more distinguished version of turkey. But the problem with the or not the problem, the advantage that you have on Thanksgiving with the turkey is because you don't eat it that frequently, you almost look forward to it more. That's how I try to take it. Eh, no. wouldn't be my choice. Yeah, you know. You li- are you, are you I get it. I mean, I, I, eat it? It, I eat it, I like it. But, you know, I got to put something on it. It's dry. It's something. Well, gravy. There's nothing wrong with gravy. You put the gravy on it. There's nothing wrong with gravy. that. I know. I love the gravy. I mean, but I'm saying the actual meat of it is there. Do you go light or dark? Got to go dark because it's yeah, dry enough for it. There you go. There you go. See, now we're speaking the same language here. All right. Let's when you go. You go the white white meat turkey. I mean, you, your your mouth is like, uh, you know, <laughs> you're you're like searching for the drink. Where's, you're literally where's my taking beer? you're taking the gravy and pouring it into your you're drinking right from the <laughs> the thing with the gravy exactly. The gravy um, boat is like going into your mouth, funneling yes. into your mouth. Yeah, like a cereal. <laughs> um, Tommy DeVito Day has that been booked yet in Northern New Jersey yet or no? I mean, thank God, Dan, we got the Tommy DeVito story. You know, fun little story. 
Tommy DeVito. I mean, I'm a Jersey guy. I grew up born and raised in Jersey. I spent, you know, most of my 44 years, like what, 30 of the 44, 32 out of the 44 in New Jersey. Like I know a hundred Tommy DeVitos, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it, it's just, uh, it's so, and by the way, I live down almost near the Jersey shore. So I spent plenty of time with, uh, you know, th- that, the Tommy DeVitos and, it's just a great story. He's doing it at home. Nobody gave him a shot. The funny part is it's become such a great story. The dude played in the ACC in the Big Ten. It's not like he came, he came from nowhere, but nobody gave him a chance. And that, that first game kind of played into it because people – and I, was, I even told you at the time, I mean, but, like, people were like, oh, they don't even trust him. He can't throw the ball. Like, no, it was pouring rain. Nobody wanted to throw the ball. You couldn't throw the ball. They were winning. They just didn't need to throw the ball. So – that's why that kind of turned out the way it did. Then that narrative lasted for a few weeks until this week. People were like, oh, he can't, they, they can't complete a pass with Tommy DeVito. But, I mean, he could throw the ball. I'm enjoying it. We'll see if it can last this week. I mean, New England, opportunity to win another game. I, I, and I think they will take care of business this week. And I said, they're going to they're gonna win some games here. So all the people that were rooting for the tanking, that's going out the window. Giants are winning some games, and that's what the people in that locker room care about is winning because they don't care about tanking and draft choices. Um, speaking of, no. what is the Tyrod Taylor timeline plan right now? Like, realistically speaking, when could he be back under center? I think Tyrod Taylor can play probably coming out of the bye. Like, this is probably the last game he would need to sit out. Now, if Tommy DeVito wins and you have two straight wins, you can certainly string that out a little bit and be like, you know, Tyrod Taylor's coming back from injury, let's ease him back in. Uh, but I know he's been throwing. He's been working out with trainers on the side. So I assume, I mean, he had a rib injury, okay? Assuming it's broken ribs, something along those lines. He's moving fine. He could do everything. question is obviously hit. But we've seen quarterbacks break ribs before. We're talking now like, what, six or seven weeks from him breaking the ribs mm-hmm. by the time he comes back. I mean, that's, that's, that's a decent amount of time. I think he probably could be ready for that Monday night Green Bay if that were necessary. But I think it'll be contingent on what happens here against New England. Because if you win against New England, you kind of want to just keep rolling Tommy DeVito out, don't you? I, I would agree. Ride the hot hand. See what you got. You never know. Um, yeah, I mean, I give look- him a shot. I mean, you win two straight. Why not? I mean, what do you have to rush Tyrod Taylor back for at that point? Talking with Jordan Renan here in his weekly spot. little giant football with him. Giants, Patriots coming up Sunday. MetLife Stadium. I thought, you know, the fact they were able to bounce back and win this game after the debacle down in Dallas, where everybody for those, you know, the week leading up to the game wanted to run Dayball out of town, doesn't know what he's doing, how do you put that product on the field, doesn't have control of the locker room. I think it's a pretty positive reflection on him and his ability to keep this group together, even though it's Washington and they have their problems, but to go down there and win a game, all things considered. Yeah, I do. I I think that is a good reflection on him. And you can kind of sense that even throughout the week. You didn't see this team as a team that was completely falling apart. I see it as a team that's not very good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but defensively, I thought it was only a matter of time. Like this, this defense is – they played bad games against uh, the Raiders. I almost called them Oakland again, man. That's okay. Against the Raiders and uh, Dallas. They played poorly, the defense. But the defense is too good to, you know, support the tank that everybody wanted. Like, they were going to play some decent games against the – Washington, New England, 
Green Bay, New Orleans. I mean, these are not good offensive teams. Their defense is too good to, ha- you know, throw out duds there on a consistent basis. It was only a matter of time until they put one together, and obviously they did against Sam Howell. They have his number and Washington's number in general. And, uh, I mean, they got five turnovers, the defense alone, and they still barely won the game. So, uh, you know, better competition. I think that the tankers will like that. They could, you know, the defense could play well and they could still possibly lose. But with the softer competition, it was only a matter of time, and it reflects well on Dayball. It reflects well on Wink Martindale. Uh, because he's really the defensive head coach, basically, right? He's running that defensive unit, which is their best unit by wide margin. Uh, but, yeah, uh, the fact that they were able to put together that effort makes you think that, okay, th- these guys are the guys you kind of want to move forward with at this point. And I know some people were getting tired of it and said, you know, we need to turn it all over again, which, God, man, we've no. been seeing that a lot lately. Call me crazy on this one. And I know that when you look at the box score, forget it, when you watch the game and the quarterback gets sacked nine times, it doesn't reflect positively on the offensive line. That being said, and the offensive line has been a circus this year for the Giants, I actually don't think they played that bad, even though the quarterback got sacked nine times, because a lot of those were on the quarterback. Yeah, I, I agree. I think most of them were on the quarter. There was a screen pass that they got sacked, and, you know, Tommy DeVito just got to throw that ball into the ground. I mean, that's an easy one not to get a sack on. Uh, so, yeah, there was a bunch of those. I think that's the one thing where you look at him like, he could throw the ball, and he actually makes some NFL throws, some quality NFL throws. I think we saw that the other day. That touchdown, both touchdown passes to Saquon were actually really nice passes. He hit a really good pass on the third and long to Slayton. He had a sideline, uh, sidearm pass that he threw uh, across the middle of the field at one point. That was a nice throw. But you could tell – him reading NFL defenses is going to, like, he's not there yet, right? I mean, he, this is going to take time. So the result of that is that he's taking sacks that he that probably shouldn't be taking. And I think if it was Daniel Jones, I don't know if people don't, did they hear that? And they, they like, no, come on, dude, he's better, playing better than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, by the way, if anybody wants to know, has done nothing but tear apart Washington throughout his career. I'm pretty sure if he got some of those split throws and they called that same game, Daniel Jones would have had a, a big game as well. Against the Commanders, which was secondary, by the way. Thanks. Daniel Jones is having his surgery tomorrow, and I was thinking about it. Not not, not so yeah. much about, like, you know, him on the road to recovery and what is his future going to be. But when I saw that he's having the surgery tomorrow, the only thing that I could think of was, boy, that is a crummy way to spend Thanksgiving, the day after having ACL yeah, right? reconstructive surgery, right? Yeah. I mean, what do you, do you want to spend Thanksgiving, you know, laid out in bed? Those, they couldn't yeah, come up with any other day? Like, it had to be – it has to be tomorrow? So, here's my thinking, because I, I had kind of asked Daniel about this, about, about the, the surgery, and it was more like, okay, he has to build up the muscles around it and wait until they kind of give him the green light to go ahead. And I guess he finally just got the green light. And his thinking, and this is my guess, is that they gave me the green light. I want to do it as soon as humanly possible, because every day I do it is every day sooner – I could be back come next summer when we're talking about training camp and the regular season. So, hey, why wait even a day? I'll suck it up. I'll sit there. I'm pretty sure his family will be here. He actually, his family, a bunch of them have moved, to, lives in New York at this point, uh, some of his siblings. So uh, Thanksgiving for the Joneses with him laid up on the couch. Post-surgery, I think, is kind of where it's going to be headed. 
Daniel Jones with the TV tray eating the pumpkin pie, watching football. Boy, that's at least he's got people around him, like you said, which is a positive there. Um, let's yeah. give some shout well, outs. Painkillers. Ki- you don't have to really. Oh. If you take enough painkillers there, he probably doesn't even need to pretend like he's hearing all the people around him. <laughs> Depending how bad the football is, you might have to pop a few more just so you don't have to put up with that either. <laughs> um, Kayvon Thibodeau, double digit sacks. You know, and this was a guy once upon a time that was a disappointment, and he did get off to a little bit of a slow start. So the fact that he's double digits in that department, the first ever player coached by Wink Martindale to have double digit sacks, I think is a very, very encouraging sign that this guy is indeed going to be what the Giants thought he was. Yeah, I mean, look, I thought it was an overreaction to him earlier in the year. Uh, he's a good player. I mean, I don't know if he's a great player. He, the, the sack numbers are there. The other numbers aren't, don't, don't, you know, scream great. But it, right now, the only thing that's holding him back from there is consistency. So, like, you're seeing it in spurts, and obviously you're seeing it in bigger spurts this year. So it's definitely encouraging. At the very least, you have a good player with the potential for him to be a great player. And I think, you know, that's exactly what you want to see, especially because that other pick of that year was Evan Neal, and that's actually looking the opposite, I think. Last I looked, he was ranked like 79th out of 80 tackles on Pro Football Focus. So if you don't have that, you kind of really want Thibodeau to be a hit. And it sure looks like he's a hit. I mean, he has double-digit sacks, and we're, what, 11 games into the season? That's pretty darn good. And and he's a good player. And I think the Giants, you should feel good. They have some pieces to build around on that defense, right? Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, Bobby Okereke is a really good player that you're seeing there. Deontay Banks, yes, he's had his up and downs, and he, you know, went off after the game, which is, you know, you, you probably want him not to do that, right? And like, you know, call out the the commanders for not drafting him. It's like, dude, you're three and eight. I don't think yeah. you should be uh, taking victory laps. <laughs> Check the point. standings. But, yeah, well, I mean, they're pretty close. Those two teams. I don't think either team should be boasting about anything they're doing right now. Uh, but yeah, that that's a good base, a good core of players to build around. And I like Xavier McKinney too, but I mean, his future is obviously a lot more in doubt, but that it gives you hope that, all right, with the right tweaks, this giant defense could be a really good unit moving forward. And the Patriots, who knows who's going to be the quarterback for them this week? Cause Bill Belichick pulled the old, we told everybody to be ready this week. So you know that he's not going to tip his hand one way or the other. Zappi versus DeVito. You ready? You in? <laughs> I'm in. You think, you, I, think hey, you get that one when the, when the season started? I'm into it. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm, these are the type of games I love. You kidding me? You sit back. You have no rooting interest. You just sit there and, and enjoy whatever they throw at you. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. It, the 31st and 32nd ranked offenses. I don't know how you can sit here and tell me it's going to be fun. Well. I haven't exactly been watching the greatest show on turf on a week-in, week-out basis either, Jordan. So, uh, well, I, no I'm one has right less touchdown passes than the New York Jets. I was, that, that, the Jets have that on these two teams. But That's true. these two teams still have found a way to score fewer points per game than the Jets this season. Unbelievable. It really is. Jordan, happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Go eat the turkey, the pie, enjoy the football, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Sounds good, Dan. Look forward to it. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody out there. All right, buddy. You'll be good. There's Jordan Renan talking a little Giant football with us. Yeah, this is one of those games on Sunday, really. You know, Giants, Pats, 
two struggling teams. You might have a couple of quarterbacks who are playing for their NFL lives. These are the type of games. It's like it's a it's like a glorified preseason game. This one actually counts though, with some faces you're not used to seeing. As a football fan, you like the sport. Right up my alley. 800-919-3776. We'll get back to your football calls when we return and some interesting things happening around the National Football League that are worth a mention, too. Grass's show, we wrote till 9 on 98.7 ESPN. The Raiders, I almost put them Oakland again, man. That's okay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> See, Harvey's got a wicked sense of humor. He really does. Do I even have to explain why you're playing this? Or no? You don't have to. I, I, I like to think it's self-explanatory. Well, if, what, what about somebody if they're, li- if they're just turning on the show now and they haven't been listening to it? And, like, why is he playing the Godfather theme? Because we were just talking about the Giants and Tommy DeVito. That's why. It's okay. Come on. It's the holiday season. Crack a smile. Have a laugh. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. I'm going to make it right him until 9 o'clock. That's right. Make him an offer. And, you know, the thing about DeVito, like some people were speculating, well, what, what is his NFL future? Right? Like, it's so funny. Both quarterbacks in this town that started games last week, both of them are, they're question, or people are questioning their future. What's Zach Wilson going to be doing next year? Is he going to be playing in the league? Or, you know, like Ivers called and put him in the CFL. Tommy DeVito. Is Tommy DeVito going to be on an NFL roster next year? Is he going to be on a practice squad? What is he doing? Hey, you know what? The more games you win... Chances are better that you're still going to be on some team next year. may not be on one of these teams, but you're going to be in the league. That's why there's 32 of them. There's a lot to go around. Like, I remember even going back a couple of years when Mike White had that debut game on Halloween against the Bengals. The Mike White game, right? When he threw for however many yards and all the touchdowns and they won that game. That one game alone bought a guy like Mike White probably another five, six years barring he stays injury-free, in the NFL, minimum, as somebody's backup. Minimum. Just because now the word is out that this guy can do it, and he's got it in him. And I know Tommy DeVito, okay, he won one game, and it wasn't pretty, 
But if he goes out there and beats the Patriots again this week, plays an okay game, guess what? That's just more that you add to the resume. And you're going to be allowed to stick around even more longer in the NFL. That's why this stuff is fun. You like these stories. Let's say hi to Lonnie in Harlem. He's up next. He's always fun. He's good for a laugh. What Lonnie, how we doing? To make you treat me so disrespectfully. Dan, Joe, Leo, Sir Harvey, how we doing? Outstanding, bud. What's going on? Oh, no, I just wanted to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, you and everybody else out there. Shout out to the company, as well as shout out to the downtown TV crew as well. Now, Dan, um, I just wanted to call in because, you know, I, you know, I had to, you know, explain my call to Jolio when he screamed it. You know, I just, you know, I needed to call in and kind of do like a wellness check for all you Jeff fans because last night, uh, you know, one of your fellow fans called into the Larry and Gordon show and said that the Jets should fire Robert Sala and bring in Jeff Saturday to finish off the season. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, I got – Nothing but respect for Jeff Saturday, but what exactly did he do out there in Indy when he got put in uh, to be the uh, coach? Well, Lonnie, uh, how about this? I'll I'll answer that question with a question. Why would you even call attention to a phone call like that and repeat it? No, because, Dan, it's calls like that to where I'm starting to realize the Jets are really driving their fans insane. Like, who thinks that? I, I, I Robin don't know. Salah to bring in Jeff Saturday. Like, I literally, like I told Joe, I had to stare at the radio and question, did I have it on ESPN? Because, like, I was like, what? Like, that that had to be one of the most outlandish statements or take or whatever you want to call it. Because it's like, I understand. Like I said, I told Joe Leo and I told all my, my you know, uh, company members that are Jets fans. Like, I watch every Jet game for the last God knows how long. You know, I'm a Giants fan, but I watch both sides of the spectrum. I can understand why you guys are going crazy as Jet fans. But to say you want to fire somebody who seems like somewhat of a capable coach who can actually run a defense, if not for him, the defense would probably be god-awful. You know what I'm trying to say? So you want to take him out and then bring somebody in. Once again, not trying to disrespect Jeff Saturday. But I think he only won that first game, and then after but, that it was. It, no, Lonnie, Lonnie, Lonnie. Look, if that we know that that's not going to happen. And here's the thing: like, I, like I said, I don't know who made the call. I don't know who said it. I don't even know if they're a Jet fan. But this person, whoever it might be, for saying something like that, they could have done one or two things. Number one, okay, they may have been insane even before making the phone call. Right? They may not even be a Jet fan or whatever. And number two, unfortunately, then that kind of gives, like, the bad rap to the rest of the Jet fans as a whole because we know that they're not all just like that, right? I mean, it's been a tough existence. There's been a lot more losing than winning, unfortunately. But I think that a lot of them are sane, right? I think they are. But to say something like that, I mean, that's that, that, that's not even worth discussing. Javier in Queens is up next. Javier, how we doing? Hey, Dan, how's it going? Happy uh, Thanksgiving, uh, double E. Same to you, Javier. What's going on? Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, I'm a Jets fan. It's a Jets call, but because you were uh, talking about the Giants before, reminds me of a famous Tony Soprano quote. In this house, Tommy DeVito is a hero. 
End That's of right. discussion. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, with the Jets, you had a caller before who said Zach Wilson could should follow in Doug Flutie's shoes. We know whose shoes he's following, the OG Jesse Palmer. He's going to be a backup. He's going to do a season of The Bachelor. And then he'll probably do Food Network shows. He's got a face for TV. So Zach Wilson's going to be fine. He's just not going to be anyone's quarterback. Well, you know what, and Javier, you know what, and let's just say if that is indeed his path or something similar like that down the road, you think Zach Wilson cares? Zach Wilson's going to be laughing all the way to the bank. That's called winning at life, all right? He was already the second pick overall in the draft. You're never going to be able to take that away from him. He's got a nice big fat bank account because of it. He did something to earn that pick, okay? He had enough good games in college to where there was an NFL team that thought he was worthy of being drafted that high, and so he's set for life, and then if he's able to parlay that into even more opportunities down the road, then more power to him. You know, that's what life is all about. It's about opportunity. And so I know, ha-ha, he didn't, you know, pan out and wasn't the quarterback everybody thought he was going to be. So what? You know what? He'll be fine. Just like Jesse Palmer's doing fine last time I checked. It's doing great. Let's say hi to John. He's in South Florida. He's up next on 98.7 ESPN. Johnny, how are you? Oh, pretty good. I just wanted to say that uh, I think that uh, it took the benching of the sack before uh, many hosts that were, you know, they call a host that is a pro-Yankee, a Yankee boy, but jet boy. And without getting into an argument, I just want to know why you didn't say this before he got benched, saying, you know, he's looking better, he's looking better. He's, he was pure, uh, unadulterated um, trash, and I just don't want to say it in a vulgar way, but he that's had okay. no business No, John, that's fine, being but did he, did he have at least a couple of good games along the way? Did he play well again? Did he outplay Patrick Mahomes on Sunday Night Football in front of the whole country? Yes, he did. I he can't did. argue with did that. He, did he it, beat the Philadelphia? Did he help beat the Philadelphia Eagles, the only team that is still able to beat the Eagles all season long? He did. Uh, but what about? Do you think that no matter what, the coach, uh, it happened. Everything happened on his watch. And how much do you blame the coach? And I'd like to hear your opinion that uh, they should fire the coach. And happy blame, blame the co- blame Robert Sala for Zach Wilson's play. No, for everything, for everything. He he. Should we well? Should captain. we blame Robert Sala that 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 Aaron Rodgers got hurt four plays into the season? No, but he but after that he's the captain of a ship, and the ship has no rudder, and it's just without being able to score a touchdown. Yeah, the, the rudder, the rudder, the ru- John, the, the rudder got hurt four plays into the season. That's the problem. The ship isn't going to sail generally. Yes, Those sir. Those are tough to overcome. Say the Jet fans are paying a lot of money mm-hmm. to go out there, and they didn't correct the situation. Just yeah, my John, feeling. So. I, John, you know what? And I thank you for the phone call, okay? But it's not just one player. It's a big part of the team. But there's been a lot of other issues, too, that have hurt that side of the football. Like, you know, we were talking about it the other day. I think it was on the postgame show uh, on Sunday. Isn't it ironic that all of the injuries and all of the players that the Jets have lost this year predominantly have been on the offensive side of the ball? It's amazing. Four-fifths of the offensive line, the Hall of Fame quarterback, 
right? All the major injuries that this team has suffered has been on offense. Defense is great. Defense is playing at a championship caliber. That's right, but it's the luck of the draw sometimes, unfortunately. So you lose your quarterback. You lose the bulk of your offensive line. Good luck trying to pick up the pieces. Where I disagreed was, and look, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that Zach Wilson's a Hall of Famer or Zach Wilson's a pro bowler or Zach Wilson's going to help you win a division. I, I, I never insinuated any of those things. But to think that going out there and bringing in a journeyman like a Josh Dobbs or whatever name you wanted to throw out there, coupled with all the other issues that this team was dealing with on the offensive side of the ball, that it was automatically going to fix itself, that is where you're wrong. It was going to be more than just a quick fix with one guy. And it's tough to pivot automatically four plays into the season when a guy like that goes down. And then after Aaron Rodgers goes down, it was one after another, after another, after another. Elijah Vera Tucker goes down. Dwayne Brown goes down. Connor McGovern goes down. Uh, It's like I'm losing track of all these offensive. Joe Tipman went down, then came back. Right? Four of the five starters they had week one, and now Mekhi Becton's hurt. Right? Four of the five starters at Thanksgiving are down for the count. That's tough to come back from. And, oh, by the way, now you're going to be starting your third quarterback? Good luck. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. So the Knicks finished up their five-game road trip last night in Minnesota. They fell to the Timberwolves, which, you know, is not anything you want to cry over because the Timberwolves are a good team. They're number one in the West, not by accident. And Minnesota's also one of a couple of teams in the entire NBA that still have never lost a game on their home floor. So if you look at this Knicks road trip, it began with a loss in Boston. It ended with a loss in Minnesota. Okay, you lost to the top team in each conference. That's not anything to get all upset about. You beat the teams that you should have beat along the way, right? You went and smacked Washington around. You went and beat up Charlotte. 
right? Doing things you're supposed to. An Atlanta game that was kind of a back-and-forth affair, I thought that was a good victory for them. And, oh, by the way, they played shorthanded on a couple of these occasions. RJ missed a couple of games. Quentin Grimes missed a couple of games. So to have a winning road trip, how is that a bad thing? Like, people still look at this team and still expect, like, this, this monumental growth. It's okay to be okay, as the old saying goes for the Knicks. Because when I look at this team right now, yeah, have they made a quantum leap from the team that we saw last year lose in the second rounds of the Miami Heat? Probably not. You know, in a lot of ways, I look at this club and say they're kind of not that much different than the one we saw last year, but it doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. But I think fans forget just how bad it used to be, right? Remember years where we would already be at Thanksgiving and the season would be over. And you'd say, well, not going to be this year. This ain't going to be the one. Knicks will be fine. This is still going to be a team that's going to be challenging for a top four spot in the Eastern Conference. And you know what you do? You monitor the situation that's happening around the league and whatever players start to possibly become available, well, then you know the Knicks are going to be right there with the potential to swoop in and maybe get one of these so-called franchise game changers. Because they don't have that guy right now. They've got good players. They don't have franchise-altering players. You know, Julius Randle's an all-star. Jalen Brunson's an all-star. He should be an all-star. You know what I'm saying. He should be an all-star. R.J. Barrett... It's unfortunate that he suffered those migraines and missed a couple of games because R.J. Barrett, I thought, was probably having the best start to a season that he's had in his entire career. You know, he's been super, super consistent in the first, you know, 10 games or whatever it is this season. Probably their most consistent player. So if that continues and he continues to show improvement, then you got him, you got Brunson, you got Randall, you got three scores. You got three scores that you hope on a night-in-night-out basis you can rely on. You know, Mitch down there is grabbing offensive rebounds like they're going out of style doing his thing. Okay, he is what he is, and he plays his role just as you need him to. The question is, to me, when I look at this team, what other guys are possibly going to be there and also take that next leap for them to possibly make up some ground to the upper echelon teams in the Eastern Conference. And I'm talking about a guy like Quentin Grimes, right? Is Quentin Grimes going to show a little bit more consistency when it comes to offense, shooting the three? You know what you're going to get from him defensively. It's what he's there for. He's your best perimeter defender. And DiVincenzo coming off the bench. DiVincenzo had that great game over the weekend against Charlotte when he started in place of Grimes. But... DiVincenzo's also been somebody that's been a little bit too inconsistent for my liking so far. Granted, it's still early in the season. It's very, very early in the season. But right now, 14 games in, and if you look at the schedule that this team has had already to begin the year, I mean, who did the Knicks annoy in the NBA offices? The guys that make up the schedule. Who do they annoy? To be hit with these type of games this early in the season. I mean, it, it, it really has not been easy. They've spent pretty much the entire season on the road so far. How many home games have they had? Let me see. One, two, three, four, five home games. And they've played nine on the road. And in a couple of weeks, they're going out west. 
for one of those long-ass road trips. So, all things considered, the other stuff is going to even itself out. They're in a good place. Schedule picks up a little bit here the next couple of days with Miami and Phoenix over the weekend. That's not going to be easy, but you got them in your building. It will be nice to win at least one of those games. And then you got Charlotte and Detroit coming in. You should win them. So I know that some fans, I get it, like they're not going to be satisfied with where this team is headed. Like they want that game changer yesterday. They want them to go out there and get a trade and make a trade for a superstar yesterday, last week. They want them already. But there's nothing wrong with just enjoying the journey and embracing the process. And you don't have to really think all that long and hard about just where this team was not that long ago. When they were a bottom feeder, when they were a laughing stock. Those days are done. You're not a laughing stock anymore. This is a good legitimate basketball team in the Eastern Conference. Now, Scott Perry, by the way, used to be the general manager of the Knicks, remember? Before Leon Rose took over and basically just took over control of the franchise. But now Scott Perry works for ESPN. He's one of the basketball analysts. He was on TMKS earlier today, and they asked him, what's the ceiling for this Knicks team? Obviously, there's no longer Obi Toppin there. Now Dante DiVincenzo is with the team, who, as I continue to watch him, seems to me that he's fitting in nicely, adds some additional perimeter shooting and some perimeter defense to the group. It's hard to tell. I do think they're solidly a playoff team again this year. They're not a playing group by any stretch of the imagination. Do I see them, you know, fitting in that 3-4-5 area? That's kind of what I see with this group thus far. They're going to go further with this group. I think someone has to, out of that group of names we just mentioned, has to even ratchet their play up even that much more. Yeah, possibly, or you go out there and you make a move. You never know. And by the way, it's funny that he brought up Obi Toppin because it's not like, oh, and I liked Obi, but it's not like Obi is setting the world on fire in Indiana either, right? Everybody just, give him a chance. He's got to play. Obi should be playing more. He's got to play. Well, he's playing. He started, he started every game so far this year for Indiana, but he's only playing like 20 minutes a night. And all those offensive skills that everybody thought was just waiting to be untapped, well, they haven't happened yet either. And he got a championship coach over there, too. I think he knows what the hell he's doing. Maybe the Knicks weren't the ones that were holding him back. Just saying. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. So the Yankees earlier today, they made it official. Brad Ausmus is going to be Aaron Boone's new bench coach. Remember his old bench coach, Carlos Mendoza. Yeah, there you go. Come on. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. So Brad Ausmus is going to be the bench coach. Carlos Mendoza is now the manager, so they needed a bench coach. They put an ad in the paper, and they said, hey, you want to sit next to Aaron Boone? Send us your resume. Brad Ausmus did. He got an interview. Now he's got the job. What I find interesting about that is, okay, remember we kind of posed the trivia question out there for the last few years? Hey, if the Yankees were to ever do something with Aaron Boone, like move on and get a new manager, maybe in season, who would take over? Well, now we know the answer to that question, boys and girls. Because if the Yankees get off to another horrible start and they do decide to do something to the manager during the season, Brad Ausmus is going to slide over one seat and take over. And Brad Ausmus is a guy who's got managerial experience in the big leagues before. Okay, so at least it checks that box in particular. Manage the Tigers, manage the Angels for a season. That's about it. Made the playoffs once, but he's got experience. And he's a former catcher, so of course he's cut out to be a manager. Remember, former catchers, they're, they're managers. They grow into managers. That's what they do. So I found that a little intriguing. Now, there had been some talk over the last week that when Carlos Mendoza was introduced as the Met manager, that he was going to need a new bench coach, and that Willie Randolph's name was being bantied about as to someone that might be able to fill that slot because he and Carlos Mendoza go back. They got a relationship, and Carlos views Willie as kind of like a mentor. Well, a couple of moments ago, Anthony Reber of Newsday tweeted out that Willie Randolph won't, I repeat, won't be the Mets bench coach. So the search goes on. No reason specifically given as of yet, but it's not going to be Willie Randolph. I always thought that that was a little bit of a stretch when I heard it myself, and I understand that a lot of time has passed, and we know that Willie has history with the franchise, and they unceremoniously dumped him in the middle of the night out west when he was the manager of this team in 2008. But, you know, the ownership had changed. It's been about 15 years. Maybe Willie decides, you know, let me just go in there and help my buddy out, earn a nice check doing so, get back in the game. But apparently it's not going to be – the fit that maybe everybody thought it was going to be. So the search goes on for a new Mets bench coach. We shall see. Padres today, by the way, also named Mike Schilt, their new skipper. Uh, he was kind of the guy that was probably one of the favorites or the co-favorites, if you will. And I like Mike Schilt a lot personally. Interviewed him a number of times over on the baseball channel when he was uh, the skipper with the St. Louis Cardinals. I think he got a raw deal in St. Louis. And now it's good that he's able to manage again out there in San Diego. It's got some talent. They got talent there, but that roster might take a couple of more hits before opening day next year, given Juan Soto's uncertainty and whether or not he gets traded as well. Remember, a few guys are free agents are going to be playing somewhere else, like Snell, Josh Hader. So it's not going to look quite the same, but there's enough talent there with that Padre team. It's not like you're going into some sort of rebuilding job or it's, you know, Kansas City or Oakland or something like that. He's going to have a chance to win here. Uh, let us say hi to Bobby in Belmore, who was up next here on 9870 ESPN. Bobby, how are you? Yeah, hi, Dan. How are you? Uh, hi, Bob. Listen, uh, yeah, hi. It doesn't matter who the Yankee manager is going to be. The lifetime general manager is the real manager of that team, number one. And I'll get to Rogers and the quarterback and the situation in a sec. And yep. the Mets pick of Mendoza, I don't understand that move at all. I mean, this is a bench coach under a puppet manager whose team was terrible. 
uh, last year. I, I don't understand why they could have just kept Showalter, but this guy didn't want Showalter and even give him the courtesy of an interview to keep the job. So that's a. I think it's going to be a terrible hire. But what I'm what do I know? Um, now let me get to the Jet quarterback situation. Come on, Dan, a 40 year old quarterback coming off an Achilles injury who relies on his legs. He's not Dan Marino when he had the Achilles injury. You know, he was a pocket great thrower, so it didn't affect Marino as much. Rodgers is a throw, uh, an athletic quarterback who needs his legs. He's not going to be the same when he comes back. And, you know, they should just plan for the future. I understand they need an offensive lineman in 11th pick right now as it is speak. But in the second second round, they've got to get a quarterback. There's six, seven, eight quarterbacks coming out of the draft next year. They don't have a second-round pick. Bob, they don't have a second-round oh, pick. Oh, so I have a third round. Oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah, because they're not going to, I don't think they're going to go, you know, quarter, they need an offensive line, and, you know, I understand that. But, um, though that's, that's, that's bad, because Douglas, I don't think he'll be prepared to pick a third quarterback anyway. I mean, he already bust, had two busts that he picked with, uh, you know, Donald and Wilson. So I don't know if, if he Woody didn't Johnson pick Darnold. Him, but... He didn't pick Darnold, Bobby. Right. And I thank you for oh, the phone didn't... call. I got I to gotta hit a break here. I got to let you go. You know, with all the misfirings you had there, I can't have, let you have a third one either. Um, Mike McCagnan picked Sam Darnold. Um, Joe Douglas was the one who decided to move on from him. But, yeah, the Jets don't have a second-round pick next year because that pick goes to Green Bay for Rodgers. It would have been a first-round pick if he had played 65% of the snaps, but we know that's not going to happen here. Here's the, And, look, we're going to have months and months and months to talk about the Jet draft plans. But I will say this without spending too, too much time on it. Rodgers is coming back. It's a win-now football team. It's not like you're building for the future. So whatever high draft capital they have – they're probably going to look to see that if it's somebody that can help the team win next year. It's not going to be a project. It's not going to be somebody who's going to sit on the bench for a couple of years and wait their turn. No, it's how can you help the 2024 Jets, led by Aaron Rodgers, win football games? Whether that's another wide receiver that can play right away, and then we'll see maybe if it's an offensive lineman that they feel is capable enough to step right in day one and hold down a starting spot. But as far as, like, drafting the quarterback of the future, I, I don't know if they're going to do that this year, at least not with a high pick because you have more pressing needs, as you know.